Well, I'm going to give some recommendations that while absolutely work with books and writing, but truth be told is I think are incredible, important points for anybody looking to start a side gig or build a side business and then grow into being a full-time business. The first and foremost is be incredibly intentional with your time. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Today we get to speak with Dave Chesson. He's the creator of Kindlepreneur.com, a website devoted to teaching advanced book marketing, which even Amazon KDP acknowledges as one of the best by telling users to gain insight from Kindlepreneur how you can optimize marketing for your books. Having worked with such authors as Orson Scott Card, Ted Decker, and more, his tactics help both fiction and non-fiction authors of all levels get their books discovered by the right readers. It is such a joy for me to speak with Dave Chesson on this episode, so let's jump right in to this episode. Thank you, Dave, for coming on to the podcast. Absolutely, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. So wanted to understand, I want to get a little back end of how you got started with Kindlepreneur, what inspired you, and you know, just walk us through how you got here. Yeah, well, back when I used to be a lieutenant commander in the Navy, and they just kept deploying me to other countries, and my wife once asked me, she's like, you know, what are we doing this for? Are you like trying to be an admiral? Like, is there some mission? I'm like, I don't know, I'm just kind of doing it. And she was like, well, that's not a good answer, because our family is separated constantly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd be cool with it if you had some purpose. And she, it was a really good point. So we started looking at what is it that I could do from the other side of the world that would give me an exit strategy from my normal nine to five job, right? What could get me out of the military? Well, that really limited the things that I could work on um, because whatever I chose, it couldn't be a brick or mortar. It couldn't be something that required me to be up the same time Americans were up. I couldn't do support, shipping, like all those things were gone. And so I actually got into search engine optimization, SEO. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, that's the ability to make things rank number one in Google or any search engine, right? 
and so I started building websites, some niche websites. I got into affiliate um, and all these things, but it wasn't, it was like one of those things where I'd spend like months of working on something yeah. and only bring in like a couple hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Now that's cool because you could stack them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, all of a sudden you go from making like 200 bucks a month to then your next project is finished and it's $400 a month and it yeah. stacks. So I had one of two things. I either had to create a system to make lots of these websites so that it would be enough for me to get out. Or I needed to leverage the assets I had and create a new product. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, hmm, each one of these niche websites is about a subject matter. What if I took all the information from the websites and I put it into a book? Mm-hmm. And then I could put it on Amazon and Amazon would help to sell it. They would take care of the logistics. Uh, I would just get to basically wake up, check my dashboard and see how much they sold. Yeah. And I was like, this is interesting. So I did it. And instead of funneling, you know, just bringing people into the niche website, they would come to the site, they would click on my book and they'd go purchase it. Right. And so that caused, that was like a really good situation. I was yeah. not only getting sales from Amazon, I was getting sales from Google as well. But the funny thing was, is that even though I was doing this, I, there were books that were beating mine. You know, there were books that were showing up more often in Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, what if I used my SEO background and I started looking at Amazon and why they put certain books at the top or, you know, what can I do to influence them to show, show my book more often, just like yeah. I could do with websites. And that really took off. That was a huge boon to the business at that point. But I realized nobody else was writing about this. Nobody was studying Amazon as a search engine. They weren't understanding why Amazon does what they do or mm-hmm. how to in- take advantage of the keywords and the categories and all these other things that help to get your book discovered. So that's when I started Kindlepreneur.com. It's like Kindle Entrepreneur, Kindlepreneur. Yeah. Nice. I love and it. I just started going into depth on just about everything that involves self-publishing as well as marketing your book. And since then, it's really taken off and I've become become a consultant to major publishing companies as well as worked with some of my all-time favorite authors on a side-by-side basis, helping them kind of navigate these things. And so it's just just been a really wild ride. Man, I, I love that. I mean, it's very concise. You, you've got it all down. And if you hadn't got into the SEO, if you hadn't, if your wife hadn't asked you that question, what is this all for? It's really smart, right? When, when somebody asks us a question and we have to think about what are we doing with our lives? Well, we're just being guided by, what's, what's that, what's that saying that if you don't make a plan for your, for your own life, somebody else makes a plan for your life? Yeah, that's true. You know, one of the biggest things, my takeaway Mm-hmm. from that entire situation was I didn't really have a vision, okay? I just had goals. And I think that's a really important separation for people to understand. A vision is who you want to be in the future, right? And sometimes people see your vision of yourself 10 years from now, okay? Yeah. But if you don't know who you want to be, you'll set goals that actually drive you in a wrong direction. Mm-hmm. That's why there are so many people that accomplish their goals, but they don't have fulfillment, And that's because they're becoming something they don't want to be. For example, if I had an established vision that said, I want to be home with my kids. I do not want to be traveling. You know, I need to make a certain amount of money so as to support the lifestyle that we want. If I didn't have all those things, okay, and and there's a lot more to vision, but I'm just grabbing three here to make it simple. I could have 
ended up getting out of the military and taking a really cool trade job that would have me traveling. Mm-hmm. And it might be more money, yeah. but it is not in the direction of who I actually want to be. And if I don't understand that, I'm going to be unhappy. And so if, I, if she hadn't asked me that question, I would have stayed in the military. I'd have done my 20 years thinking that that was successful. But it, deep down inside, I would have felt hollow. Mm-hmm. I'd have felt I might have looked back at some point in my life and regretted the fact that I missed all those birthdays, all those recitals, you know. So I'm very thankful, though, the fact that she asked that question and it took time for me to define who I wanted to be and what I wanted my life to look like. And then I used that as guidelines to make my decisions on which goals I'd actually set. I apologize, but I think I've lost your sound. Sorry, I had, I oh. hit mute on the there it is. opposite direction. So what I really love that and all you said, right, it, it, you got to have a vision and then set goals to achieve that vision, almost like reverse engineering where you want to be 10 years from now. Exactly. The way that I always say is that kind of imagine yourself on an island, okay? And there is land, all right? There's, there's giant water, mm-hmm. but there's land that surrounds the island, okay? If you don't figure out what part of land you actually want to go to, you could start setting these little goals that have you jumping and think of goals like stones that you can Mm -hmm. put in the water that will get you to the land. You could start putting stones out there and then all of a sudden the stones start going in circles or they just kind of keep going or worse yet, they get you to a part of the land and it is on the opposite side of where you actually want to be. That's why so many people can really work hard. They can set goals there. They accomplish the goals. And then in the end of the day or worse at the end of their life, they look back and they're like, dang, that was not this. Why am I unhappy? Mm-hmm. And that's key. I love that. So you kept them motivated. You had it figured out, but you had to at least figure out, okay, what's out there that you can do, right? SEO is a great example, building websites, absolutely amazing. But then taking those websites and making into the books, wow. I, that's amazing. Yeah, it it was a really strong competitive advantage because I was controlling traffic. I wasn't just beholden on Amazon, Mm -hmm. you know, and it it really just kind of helped to be a springboard to other things. As you're growing the Kindlepreneur business, as you put it all together, and then you you mentioned a lot of big book publishers also reaching out to you, help them guide and be, be a consultant to how did those things transpire? How long did it take and how long has it been since you've been doing this? Jeepers, I'd have to say that that might have been five years or so before really getting noticed by the publishing companies. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, creating Publisher Rocket, which is honestly a great way to describe it as like an SEO tool for books on Amazon. But it gives a lot of market research. And I think that was when publishing companies really started to recognize what we're doing because they were using the software and they loved Mm -hmm. it and they had questions. The other thing was, was that because of that data, we've really been able to pull and understand a lot more of what's going on inside. So that's been a really cool part. But I'll tell you this, though. I'm not a fan of coaching or consulting. That's like not my jam. (laughs) And the only time that I've taken it was because it was either a big time publisher that I love or Mm -hmm. it was like one of my favorite authors. Uh, I've said no to like famous authors uh, just because I don't I don't like their books. (laughs) Like and so I've had fun. Like I've gotten to work with like Orson Scott Card. Mm -hmm. I was set to work with Timothy Zahn and Brandon Sanderson, but that fell through thanks to COVID. Yeah. 
you know, but like, like I said, it's like, unless I'm a big diehard fan, I like, no, thank you. Like, it's cool. Uh, here's some other people. And I say that because like, I, I honestly think that when it comes to coaching, this person has to have, I mean, clearly they have to understand the subject matter and they have to have experience. Yeah. Uh, but what they also have to have is a skill of coaching, like coaching, just because you know how to play soccer does not mean you know how to teach soccer or bring the best out of your players. And so I will say firsthand, I'm definitely not a good coach and that's why I won't do coaching, but I can consult and come in and identify a problem, um, and work that way. So I think that's really important for people to note as well. And if you're looking for a coach, look for somebody who exudes those three things, Mm -hmm. you know, that they have that background doing the things that you want to do that they are devoted to it. Okay. Not a jack of all trades, Yeah, but that they also really exude an ability to bring out the best in people. Man, I love that. That's so important, right? Sure. You know how to do a certain thing. You're an expert in it, but doesn't mean that you have the capacity or the patience to coach somebody, walk through those things. Right. And the latest Top Gun movie, I don't know if you've seen it, not yet, but okay. So I'm I'm not going to yep. talk about it then. Coming, okay? it's coming, but it's there's a lot of those examples in there. I'm like, oh wow, I'm a fighter pilot. I'm not a coach, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting how that came along, and it, it makes sense. Not everybody can be a coach, but we can be really good at what we do, but not necessarily be a coach. So it takes time to develop those capabilities too, right? So the people that you did work with is because you were really, you liked their stuff, right? You, mm-hmm. that you really admired them and the way they bring their expertise through their books and through their coaching. Yeah, awesome. that, and to add to it a little bit more is that, especially when it comes to books, it's really hard to consult or coach someone on, in a genre you don't know or love mm-hmm. or understand. So like if I'm working with a romance author, I don't fully understand all the different nuances to the romance genre. There's like thousands of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's lots of different ways to describe the tone of romance or stories. They also know what is cliche and what is important. I don't know that. If we go sci-fi or military or lit RPG, like, oh yeah, I can throw down and that's okay. So that's another component too. Just because somebody is a book coach or writing coach does not necessarily mean that they're the right fit. You might need to niche down. Yeah. Um, to somebody who has experience in the genre or topic that you do. That's an excellent point. And, and, and I've listened to Peter's, what's his name? Peterson. He's got a master class and I've listened to, you know, Mr. Riley of Goosebumps. Oh, and yeah. they all talk from a very different perspective, how to write, how to, you know, bring. And it's like, wow, I didn't even think of that. You know, that's something that you need to be thinking about when you're writing a book. Absolutely. Yeah. And even the age group uh, matters Mm -hmm. dramatically. Uh, R.L. Stein of Goosebumps, like, you know, he says he flat out is like, you have to understand your age group. Like you really have to understand what drives them. You also Mm -hmm. have to change how, what words you use and how long you say things. So yeah, not just on a genre, but even in the age group can really be a big part of it. Wow. That's why they say niche down to who you are, who you understand instead of trying to create something for everything, everybody. Exactly. Man, I love that. I also I also appreciate, you know, you sharing that you didn't want to work with everybody, not only because of the genre, but also because 
the entire reason you got into this so you can spend more time with your family. Yes, uh, that understanding of I will not trade time for money, money was a big boon to everything I was doing. Uh, mm -hmm. When you start getting going, like when I was really getting into SEO, I had a lot of people that offered me money to work on their SEO project or yeah. consult or, and I was like, man, you, like that's cool and that's a lot of money, but I'm literally going to trade my time for that money. The moment that it's over, yeah, like so is the money, right? And I have to start over. And it was going to derail me from what my ultimate goal was. Mm. And so understanding your vision and being able to create goals that align with your vision give you a real good strength to be able to say a, one really powerful word, and that's no. no. I You hate the idea, oh, man, I'm going to lose out on that money. I could mm -hmm. use that, you know? And it's like, and then you, you just convince yourself to go do it. But yeah. when it's like I can clearly look at what I want to do, and I can be like, I appreciate that opportunity and I would normally say yes. However, though, it's just not aligned with what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. That's way better. And that will help you to actually get to where you want to go instead yeah. of having another stone in the water that pulls you in pulls the wrong you away direction. from your goal. Oh my God, I love that analogy because just yesterday I watched this uh, physics explanation. So on in the Death Valley, there's these stone trails. I don't know if you've ever seen this. So in Death Valley, there's these stones that travel in a certain direction, all in unison. And for 100 years, they had no idea who's pushing these stones. So these two, two scientists you know, went out and they're like, oh, we're, we're going to experiment. Turns out it was a really quarter or one-eighth of an inch sheet of ice that was pushed by the wind that enabled to move these refrigerator sized rocks all in one direction wow i'm like holy smokes if a thin one eighth of an inch sheet of ice can move this huge humongous things it's because they had you know they're all aligned and you you got to have your goals in place otherwise let's say you put that rock in the water that what that rock's going to move just like you mentioned because of the waves because of the movement of the wind and everything mm-hmm all right, this has been so much fun, Dave, speaking about book publishing, SEO, time for money, spending time with your children, you know, the goals that we make, the vision that we have for ourselves, our lives, essentially. And when you're married, you know, when you have other people that are depending on you, having that, that goal alignment with the whole company, so important. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's also, it's not just the company, it also is all the spokes of life too. You know, exactly. it works in every as aspect and area of your life. Uh, if one of those spokes is off, you know, then it's a bumpy road, right? You know, yeah. so. Cool, man. So share with the audience three hacks to take away what they should be doing if they're looking to getting into book, book publishing or have an idea for their book. What are the first three things that they should think about? Well, I'm going to give some recommendations that while absolutely work with books and writing, but mm -hmm. truth be told is I think are incredible, important points for anybody looking to start a side gig or build a side business mm -hmm. and then grow into being a full-time business. The first and foremost is be incredibly intentional with your time, okay? So at the time, I was working with the military. I was doing eight-hour days or so. So what I did 
was, and this might be crazy for some people, but I set up that I'd get up at 4 a.m. every morning Mm. and I would work from four till seven. And that four to seven was, was my time. Nobody was up. Nobody had anything to ask me. There was nobody on Facebook. It was just me. And I could actually devote that time every day, Monday through Sunday, to building up a career. Okay. The other thing, and I call it a career because that's what I wanted, right? Uh, I wanted it to be my career. Yeah. The other thing was that I gave up movies. And what I would do is that at nighttime, so after the kids go to bed and stuff like that, I'd ask my wife, you know, what would you like to do tonight? Okay. And if she, so she had the call and that was really important with her that she had that power control, I guess, uh, to be able to say, I would like to spend time with you. or I'd like to, you know, talk or watch a movie or something. So then we would, but, but most of the time she'd be like, no, I'm good. Great. I'm right to the office and I'd work on it. And the reason why those two things are important is because honestly, I feel like I was doing about three, four, five hours a day towards building this. Okay. And I wasn't doing it in patches. It was almost a habit. And I think that that was one of the biggest reasons why I was able to succeed was because I did it that way. A lot of people say they want to do it and they try to fit it into their life when they can. And when you do that, it becomes chaotic. It falls to the wayside. You come home from work, you get too tired, you don't work on it, you don't. And then all of a sudden it's been weeks before you've done it and it just dies a slow death. So be very intentional, schedule it in there. Don't break the schedule, create that habit. And I assure you, It will take time, but it will be worth it. The second thing is to build off of that one is it will take time. And what I want to say is do not use, do not do comparisonitis. Okay. That is the worst thing in the world. There are some people that just win, win the lottery. Mm -hmm. Okay. They put out some book and some famous person happens to see it and it goes nuts and they become rich or, you know, and, and it's not fair to yourself. To yeah. be like, well, all these people are successful. Like, I must, it, it must not be for me. Mm. Like, that's the worst lie in the world to tell yourself. And that's the quickest way to fail in this. So, do not have comparisonitis. It is not fair. It takes some people longer. It, some people just get lucky. But the people who stay with it, they're the ones that will succeed. It just might take longer. So, keep that in mind and don't get depressed that you see people succeed. And I'll give you this, uh, a little side secret here. Yeah. All those successes, Nobody ever talks about the failures. Nobody talks about I the mean, failures. I mean, we could have started this conversation about all the failures I did. Yeah. Up until we talked about the things that were most important. You mm-hmm. know, all the websites that I created, the months I burned to get a dollar. You know, that was my first website. I spent two months hardcore building this thing and I got one dollar. To me, I made a dollar out of thin air. To most, you know, I just yeah. wasted too much of my life. And I think that was the difference for me was I was like, let me do it again, but I'm going to do it better. And when I exactly, did it again, right? I made you, $10. You figured out the formula, right? Well, but it took a lot it of stuff. It took a lot of time. Know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So don't do comparisonitis. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just hear about people's successes, you're just going to think, well, if I don't hit it out of the park on my first try, you know, <laughs> then I'm a failure. Like that is the worst the thing worst. to say to yourself. And finally, the third thing is that Think of everything you're going to work on as a skill, okay? This isn't a hack. It's not a quick get rich thing. It's not this, you know, thing. It is a skill. Writing is a skill. And let me tell you, I'm still improving every day, Mm -hmm. okay? Marketing is a skill. SEO is a skill. Facebook advertisements is a skill. And if you use the word skill when you think about it, 
Okay. Then you start to say, and by the way, I love playing soccer. That's one of my things. Um, nice. You know, played all over the world for for a while. When I was in the military, it was like the best way to like, uh, you know, flying with the South Koreans, the Sri Lankans, yeah. you know, the tie was, let's go play. Well, they used to call it football. <laughs> let's go play football or yeah. fusil. And um, so anyways, if you think about that, right? Like imagine the first time when you were a kid that you kicked a soccer ball. It was not pretty. Mm-hmm how long it took until you could dribble a soccer ball, how long it could take until you start playing with others, right? And again, growth, there's always growth. There's no such thing as masters or the peak. You can always improve. Yeah. And if you approach this online thing or your books or whatever it is you're working on with the idea that it is a skill, you won't be so hard on yourself when you're not knocking it out of the park. You'll also understand that you're prone to making mistakes and mistakes help us to learn and grow. You know, we call it failing forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that really lightens people's understanding. It also, let's face it, you can't juggle 12 things in the air on your first day. No way. So be intentional. Take it like a skill. Know you're improving every day and just have that patience. Wow. All right. So number one, dedicate time for yourself. Yep. It's gonna take be intentional. Time. Be intentional. Number two, it's going to take a lot of time. And don't compare. Don't compare. No comparisonitis. It's not fair. I love that. You know, the other day I was uh, watching this show and this guy mentioned, you know, I've had all these failures. And and the lady was like, no, no, it's not failures. We call it first try at success. Yeah. Right. I mean, what was it? uh, Thomas Edison or something. Mm -hmm. It was like. You know, it took him thousands of filaments before he finally got the right one. And yeah. somebody said, you know, uh, how does it feel to fail a thousand times? He's like, mm-hmm. I didn't fail a thousand times. I found a thousand ways not to do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. And all of those failures got him to finally find the way to do it. So absolutely. It's that mindset shift, right? Growth mindset versus, oh, no, this is going bad. I yep. love that. Dude, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. And uh, this was so much fun. I, I I wish we could talk about all the failures. Maybe that could be the next episode. Yeah. How to fail so many different ways. I would say too, and uh, one thing is, is when you bring on somebody who's successful, ask them what their first failure was. Yeah. You know, it, it's a common thing. And if somebody doesn't have a failure, I'd be like, well, all right, you won the lottery. Congratulations. <laughs> because let me tell you, there are a lot of failures, you know, and there's that one saying of something like, yeah, sure. I was an overnight success, 25 years in the making. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every 10, every overnight success takes 10 years to build up. There's a story about the Chinese, the bamboo tree, where you sow the seed and you have to water it, nourish it for five years before anything pops up. And if you stopped in the middle, you got to start all over because mm-hmm. that seed is dead. And that's, I think that's an, a, a very clear example of what it takes to really build anything at all. Absolutely. And at the fifth year, this bamboo shoots up and grows about six inches a day or something like that. It's really, it's, it's massive. It's insane. Absolutely. Sweet. All right. We're going to jump into... The quick questions. It was really fun talking with you, Dave. Thank you so much for sharing your story. The Kindlepreneur Rocket, uh, Publisher Rocket, correct? 
mm-hmm. is an amazing application. Uh, my friend's been using it. He's he's pu- published some of his books uh, using that application, and I can't wait to get into it myself. All right. So first, the first question: What is the one hobby that you wish you got into? I love to play the bagpipes. Mm. I've always wanted to play the bagpipes. One of these days, I'm going to get there. And that's right. Ask me why, and I have no idea. <laughs> I just They're just love so it. cool. It is. I was, I was just making this funny sound. I love it. What did you want to be when you were a child? Well, my dad was in the Navy, and <laughs> you know, Top Gun original had come out, so I wanted to be a fighter fighter pilot. Yeah. Nice. Did you ever fly a jet? Uh, I did actually. Nice. Um, I went into the Navy and mm-hmm. I through ROTC, and they put you through a program where they get you get to try all the different services, you mm-hmm. know, and it's surface, Marine Corps, aviation, and submarines. And they put you in like one of these. I was like a T thirty four or something. I can't remember the name, but it's like a acrobatic plane, and mm-hmm. they just start going nuts. And I I loved it, but I actually chose submarines. Go figure. So mm-hmm. I was close. Nice. You're close. Nice. I love it. What is your favorite movie or TV show? And if none, how about a book? My favorite movie is Empire Strikes Back. Ooh. Just hands down my number one. It made me fall in love with Star Wars, and I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Oh, my God. I love it. Have you started watching Anakin or Obi-Wan Kenobi yet? I have. Yeah. My take my take on it is Ewan McGregor is the man. Mm-hmm. Just love him. He um, he's perfect for that role. I love the fact that uh, Disney is making more Star Wars stories. Yeah. But I'm having a... That one is a little bit slow. I'm not really enjoying the characterizations, and yeah. I feel like it's all at the cost of Ewan McGregor, mm. you know? But hold out hope. I'll say this, though. Boba Fett, a lot of people give it give it um, some shade. But while it wasn't perfect, my children absolutely loved it. They, they and loved it. just to get to see my, my son light up over it, you know, on the rancor. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it was epic to me. I love uh, it. So, yeah. Yeah, my, my kids got into Star Wars thanks to the Mandalorian mm. and Baby Yoda. Everybody called Baby Yoda. Like, it's not Baby Yoda. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a comic that showed the Trojan horse, you know, <laughs> at, at the city of Troy, right? And it was, it was actually Baby Yoda pulling the Trojan horse through the gate and inside the Trojan horse was like all the other Star Wars movies. And at the top of it, it was me showing my wife, baby Yoda, you know, getting her into Star Wars. And I was like, it is so true. I I feel like baby Yoda Grogu got a lot of people into it. And I'm a huge fan of Dave Filoni and Mm -hmm. uh, as well as John Favreau. But Dave Filoni to me is the man. He's a man. I love it. Man, there's so much more we could talk about Star Wars. But let's move on to the next question. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Whoo, wow. Well, I mean, Star Wars, and I'd totally be a stormtrooper. There you <laughs> just, go. Just to say I did it. Just to I'm say sorry. you did it. I was trying to find something that might be like a little off from the last question, but yeah. no, no, I'd be a stormtrooper and I'd I'd I could miss. I could miss every shot and then fall exactly. over it. Cool. Still be cool. That's right. I could fall good. You know, uh, Conan O'Brien got to play a stormtrooper in uh, one of these episodes. I can't remember which episode was it, but they they played a little bit. Like, oh my god, this is so cool. I almost got to be in Rogue One. 
Uh, no that's way. a completely different story, but they were filming in the Maldives and I was working in the Maldives and apparently they were having a hard time trying to find people of a certain height. Mm. And I missed it by a week. Um, General Shahid of, of the Maldivian uh, National Defense Force was like, mm. whoa, Justin, if I had known you were a Star Wars fan, I'm like, you can't tell me that. <laughs> and sure enough, they were looking for stormtroopers. And I was like, <gasps> so to this day, like I, I'll, I'll go to my deathbed just really i missed out on that and that was a great star wars film that, that would have been great, one i would have been proud of said movie. i was in yeah oh my so, god i know i missed it by a week well we'll we'll i'm sure we'll find we'll put the put, we'll put the message out in the universe and we'll find you a star wars because guess what right. they are shooting it right they brought they brought uh ewan and uh christensen back to play those uh, roles so yep there yep. was hope. hey disney if you're listening I'll do it for free. You'll do it for free. Pay my way. Just, you know. <laughs> bring me on. Awesome. Right. I love it. Next question. Who is your favorite superhero? Well, as a kid growing up, I really loved Venom. That was mm -hmm. my favorite comic to read. Not exactly a great guy, but I love the art. <laughs> the artwork is absolutely amazing. What did you think of the new, um, the, the new Venom movies that they recently came out with? What's your thought about? I think they're a bit of a letdown. They're not bad. Mm -hmm. They're not great. They're okay. They're okay. Um, I'm happy that the first one made money because I was like, great, let's give it another try. Yeah. But man, they just missed out on that. The, the whole Carnage series and everything was the best. Mm -hmm. And I was I was cool with Woody Harrelson playing Carnage. Like, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. He could play he awesome. Cassidy pretty good. But I just... I don't know. Like when I judge movies, by the way, I use two scales. I use a critic score mm -hmm. and I use a rewatchability score. Mm. You know, like because critically, I could watch a movie and be like, that was beautiful, but I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. Right. But then there's other movies where I'm like, oh my goodness, I could put that in over and over and over again. And okay, if you're going to make fun of it or whatever, I'm not going to defend it because yeah. I get it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's why there's a critical. Sometimes you get both. Sometimes, I mean, they just tank on both. Mm. And so with me, uh, on the Venom movies, I, I feel like critical, it was kind of okay, but rewatchability, I have no desire to rewatch them. So yeah. to me, and I think that an action film like that or a superhero film should be rewatchable, and I don't care about critics, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so to me, it fell short then from the expectation of just what like, it should do. Just like uh, the end game, you can watch that over and over and over again and, and get the same feels every single time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Although I, I guess I could change and say if there was a Marvel movie I love most, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, uh, yeah. Those that's my absolute most rewatchable. Rewatchable, yeah. In those. I cannot wait for the next one. It's gonna be epic. Yeah. It's gonna be epic. Awesome. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Monopoly. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I guess, I mean, because, you know, working with all the different businesses, um, I guess I would choose that one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not my favorite game to play, yeah. but it would definitely be the one I would try to say. Yeah. It's the one I'd be. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Man, Dave, this was so much fun. I know your um, audience can find you over at kindlepreneur.com. Is there another place that you uh, chat with people online? Twitter? That's probably the best one. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Well, Dave, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Enjoy the summer and anything that you're looking forward to this year. Um, you know, honestly, 
there's a whole ton of books that I've got that I'm looking forward to reading. So uh, it sounds like a boring answer, but to me, no. I'm pretty jazzed. No, books are books are amazing. They take you places you can not go there without imagining. Absolutely. Like awesome. Well, thank you again, Dave. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great right. one. Thank you kindly, and thanks for having me. Welcome. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. That was Dave Chesson of Kindlepreneur. Check out the application. Uh, check out the site, kindlepreneur.com, and there's so much good stuff there, especially if you're looking to publish a book or getting into a space where you're really creating something monumental. All right, thanks again. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on the website hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.